as we jump in today to our relational 360 uh, conversation, someone, this is, sorry, I'm laughing at myself, someone somewhere in the upper echelons of the leadership said, you know what would be a good idea? Let's get Hudson to preach on dating. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I, I, honestly, I don't even know how to feel. I, should I be honored or offended? Like, honored in the sense of like, oh, Hudson did dating really well. Let's have him talk about it. Or like offended in the sense of like, they're like, how on earth did Hudson manage to convince someone to marry him? <laughs> There's the second, Robert says this is the second one, right? They're, they're like, man, Chloe of all people, how did he convince, that guy must have mad game. We got to get him up there and get him to talk a little bit on how the heck he did that, you know? It's a miracle. Uh, but here I am, guys, to talk to you about dating this morning. It's going to be a lot of fun. Woo-woo, let's go. Um, and hey, I will say that I do have uh, some authority in this area. Uh, I, I bet that I hold the record for the shortest relationship you have ever had. Like, has anyone else ever been dumped after six days of dating? No? No, see, oh, we got some I got dumped after six days. This is the shortest relationship I've ever heard of by my one and only Chloe here. Right? I know. But then I came back. Come on, let's go. Chloe, stand up. Stand up. Please stand up. Everyone, this is my authority. I did it. I was victorious. I made it, guys. So I'm in here. I'm here to talk to you guys about dating. It's going to be a lot of fun. So, and I, guess what, guys? I did it all on a pastor's salary. That's right. You can do it, too. It's not just about the money. Um, gosh. All right, so where do I start? Uh, there's a lot of us in this room, and I realize that a lot of you when I say dating, you're like, oh, hey, that's not me. I'm just going to tune out and go on my phone and reserve my Barbie ticket for tonight or whatever the heck you're going to do. Um, don't tune out. This is for everybody, okay? Because one, if you're not married, then you might be married, which means you might have to date. Whoa. Uh, two, if you are married, then you should still date, right? Three, if you're like, hey, let's go. I'm calling out some people here. Oh, my gosh. Conviction fell upon some people. Um, and if you're a parent or a grandparent, uh, maybe you have a kid who you're like, hey, these are great principles that I would like to instill in them. Or maybe you're discipling someone who you're like, actually, this person's going to be dating soon. So I would encourage you all, pay attention. Today has got great things. And as a church body as well, we want to encourage our people in our church to have healthy, biblical uh, relationships, even in dating. And so today is a journey for everyone, and I'm excited to take you on it. So uh, let's get into it. Uh, as a young adults pastor, I talk to a lot of people about dating, and what I think should be like a super fun, exciting, encouraging, exhilarating, breathtaking, fun thing like you see in the movies, uh, today is actually kind of terrible for a lot of people. Um, I talk to people, and they're like, yeah, it's anxiety-inducing. Uh, I have no fun. Uh, studies show, actually, that more than half of Americans say that dating is harder now than it has ever been. And that has to do with behavior risk, um, emotional risk, unmet expectations. And so dating, when you say that word for a lot of people, it's kind of a downer. People are having a really difficult time with it these days. And I actually don't think that is the way that it's supposed to be. I mean, God 
gave us dating and pursuing and wooing one another and romance as a gift, and it should be encouraging, especially in the church. I mean, a God-honoring relationship between uh, two people in our church should only end in one of two ways, right? It should end in marriage, or it should end in two people being more encouraged and more on fire in their faith and walking away from each other and saying, hey, that wasn't right for me, but I am a better person because of it, right? So there are only two ways that a God-honoring dating relationship should end. And so where do we go wrong? Why are there so many heartbroken people? Why are there so many tears? Why is, why is it so difficult? Well, we're going to jump into that today, and we're going to breathe some life back into dating. And my message this morning is called, Don't Kiss Dating Goodbye. <laughs> You should have heard what I was going to name it. Um, I, I'm being PC with this one. Um, don't kiss dating goodbye. And so we're going to start with my first point. Uh, the first point is this. Pursue with clarity. Pursue with clarity. If you're taking notes, write that down. It was not two days ago. Uh, I was at home. It was Friday, and Chloe's been a little sick this week, so I've been trying to... Uh, plan something fun for both of us that she could do and that we could do. And so I'm asking her, hey, what do you want to do? Uh, what sounds fun tonight? And in the middle of all this planning, she looks up with me with those cute little eyes, and she goes, do you think I'm beautiful? I'm like, and she goes, do you like hanging out with me? And, you know, immediately I'm thinking to myself, one, is this a trap? Uh, <laughs> two, then, then, then two, my mind goes, uh, we hang out, we've been married for two years, and we hang out like every single day the past two years, and I tell you on majority of those days how much I love you and how beautiful you are, uh, and I'm literally right now in the middle of planning uh, a hangout with us, so this is a, kind of a silly question uh, that you're asking me right now, but, but then I pause, and I think, oh, actually, I know what this question is. Uh, everyone just wants to be pursued, and so I take a moment, I look at her, and I go, you're the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And I want to hang out with you every day until I die. And, and it just was a moment where I had to pause and be like, wow, actually, everybody wants to be pursued, right? Even your wife, even your husband, even the person you're dating. And so when we pursue with clarity, we have to realize that it is innate in our humanness to want to be pursued by somebody. And that actually comes from the Father. It's in the Bible. Uh, if you look in the Bible... God often depicts our relationship with him as a marriage relationship, right? So he's the husband and we are the wife in the Bible. It's this analogy. And, he, and in the Bible, though, this is not a Hallmark movie. We blow it a lot. Like, <clears throat> we, in the Bible, in Hosea, it talks about how we are an unfaithful, adulterous wife, how we've chosen against him, how we've broken his trust, how we've walked away from him, and how we don't deserve any of the blessings he has for us. Like, it talks about this very clearly but then it says this in Hosea as well, uh, chapter 2, verse 14 through 20. This is God talking to the people of God or us, uh, the people of Israel. He says this, But then I will win her back once again. I will lead her into the desert and speak tenderly to her there. I will return her vineyards to her and transform the valley of trouble into a gateway of hope. She will give herself to me there as she did long ago when she was young, when I freed her from the captivity in Egypt. When that day comes, says the Lord, you will call me my husband instead of my master. Oh, Israel, I will wipe the many names of Baal from your lips, and you will never mention them again. Skip to verse 19. I will make you my wife forever, showing you righteousness and justice, unfailing love and compassion. I will be faithful to you and make you mine, and you will finally know me as the Lord. 
I mean, don't you just love that? I mean, I read that, you're like, ah, oh, like, like, God's coming for us. He's pursuing us, right? He's got a plan. It's this great romance that he has for us. And we just love to be pursued because that's how God created us to be. And I'm afraid that in our culture today, we have lost the art of pursuit. We've lost what it means to really woo someone, really pursue someone, how to do that well, how to do that with clarity. Okay, and so I want to talk a little bit on how do we pursue someone with clarity. Because uh, let's, let's just say you have a girl that you're interested in, right? And you're thinking, oh, man, I'm just going to hang out. But what does it mean hang out with her mean, right? Are we dating? Are we not dating? Like, what does that even mean? Like, just because you go to all the places that she goes to and, like, go to volleyball because she's at volleyball, it does not mean, like, through osmosis, you're going to somehow become in a relationship. And I feel like that is what our culture believes these days. I just got to spend more. And in reality, like, people need to be pursued well and with clarity. And it's going to honor this person if you pursue well with, and with clarity. And so what does it look like to pursue someone with clarity? You say, hey, you're awesome. I would like to go to coffee with you. That is so clear, right? If that's not clear, you can even add the little date tag on the back. Hey, I would like to go to coffee with you as a date, right? How, I don't know how you can be more clear with that, right? And that is so clear. And, and I, I will say, and you can even lower the bar too. You can say, hey, a bunch of friends and I were going to Barbie tonight, and I'd like to invite you. You can be the Barbie to my Ken. Um, no, don't say that actually. That's that not do good for you. Don't take my advice on that one. Um, but ask her out, right? That's the first thing. Ask with clarity, right? Be clear on your intentions. And girls, it's important to respond well. I mean, I think men are so afraid to ask because they're afraid of rejection. And a lot of us have had really difficult rejection, right? And so it's so important to respond well. And it's like uber, uber, uber difficult to ask people out in California. I say California. My wife's from Oklahoma. Uh, I don't know what they feed the Oklahoma boys over there, man. They just, they're just different. I mean, like, they're asking everybody out and everything out. I'm at dinner with my wife, and they're coming and asking her out. I'm like, back off, bro. Like, seriously. Like, so I don't know what it is, but in California, it is hard to ask people out, okay, because there's a lot of rejection. There's a lot of pain there. And so when someone asks you out, honor him for it. Be very clear and be very kind and respond with clarity. Hey, I would love to. That sounds really great. When can we, right? Or... Hey, that's so kind of you. I'm actually really flattered, uh, but I just see us as friends. Like, that's a great response rather than the ghosting, you know. So we have to be clear and with clarity if we're to honor one another as brothers and sisters in Christ, okay? And then men, this is, I see this all the time. When you ask her out, ask her to do something that she wants to do, okay? This is part of pursuing someone. This is part of thinking about what they want, right? So I'll tell you, most girls, they don't want to go paintballing with you. Like, I know you think, oh, I'm going to show her how adventurous I am. And like, oh, I'm going to stand over there. Pop, pop, pop. <laughs> you know, like, no, that, that's not what she wants most likely. I, I remember, I, I'm guilty of this myself. I remember years ago, I was in college, and I uh, asked this girl to go kayaking with me and my friends. And she immediately says, I'm not a really good swimmer. I'm like, you're fine. You're going to be all right. I'm from Hawaii. I'll take care of us. Yeah, yeah, whatever. You know, I want to show you how cool I am with my kayaking adventures, whatever. And so she's like, okay, she agrees. And so we have this double kayak. She's in the front, I'm in the back. And we have all our stuff on the kayak, right? And we're out in Sunset Cliffs kayaking. And I'm paddling. And I see out in the distance, I see this wave coming. And 
the surfer inside of me is like, we should catch this wave. How romantic, right? No, we should catch this. It's going to be so much fun. So I don't even tell her. I just go, wave, and I whip around, and I start paddling for it, right? And I'm having the time of my life. She's like fearing, right? She's afraid. She's like, what is happening? We catch the wave. I do it. I successfully catch the wave. But as I'm riding down this wave, she, I don't know how this happens. She falls out of the kayak, and I'm just, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. And we just pass her by. And I'm like, oh, my God. So I pull out of this wave. I paddle back over to her. She's, like, sputtering in the water. I'm, like, trying to pull her back up. I'm so, I'm apologizing profusely. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And, guys, I am, this is a true story. I'm pulling her up into the kayak, and I look up, and there's another wave. And I don't know. There's something wrong with me. I see red, right? I'm just like, wave. I throw her in. I turn around. And I'm like, I got to catch another wave. And so she's like barely in, dripping wet, coughing. And I'm starting paddling for another wave. I catch the second wave. We both fall out. The kayak flips over. We lose all of our stuff. It was really bad. Um, I was not, we did not go on another date. Let's put it that way. So out of true real experience, guys, Think about her when you're asking her out. Think about her. What might she like to do? Not what do you want to do. It's about pursuing and thinking about the other person, right? And when you're finished with the date, communicate clearly the next steps. I mean, this is part of uh, doing it with clarity, okay? So communicate next steps. You're done with the date. Hey, you know, Barbie was a really cool movie. Um, that was really fun. Uh, I don't know why I'm talking about Barbie so much. Um, uh, Great. And if you just walk away at that, she's going to be like, okay, like, do I text you? What are we? Do I tell people we're dating? Are we not dating? What's going on, right? And so you say to her, hey, that was really fun. I had a great time with you. I'll call you. Then she just can be, oh, okay, I don't have to do anything. This guy's going to call me, and it's going to be great, right? So communicate clearly next steps after your date. I think that's really important on pursuing with clarity. I had a friend who did this really well in his dating relationship. Actually, in the very beginning of their relationship, he actually uh, sat her down and he said, hey, these are, I want to communicate clearly the physical boundaries that I hold and that you can hold me accountable to in our relationship so you can know that there's no ambiguity, there's, there's no gray area. This is where we're not going by, past, this is where we're going to stay in. And actually, I'm not going to hold your hand. I'm not going to kiss you or anything. Uh, but when that time comes, when we're ready for that in our relationship, so after a certain amount of time, when we're ready for that, I'll communicate to you, hey, is it okay? I'll ask you, is it okay if I hold your hand? So that way you don't, you're not always thinking about, is this going to happen? Is this going to happen? Right? I'll just communicate really clearly to you. Uh, and I think that's awesome because, for example, they're sitting in a movie and she's not thinking oh, is he going to hold my hand? If he doesn't hold my hand, does he not like me? Like, what's going on? She just knows. He's going to communicate it to me when he's ready. And I think that's perfect communication, right? I think that's so honoring to her to be uh, that communicative. And even, even more so than that, he, he said, uh, people can ask what, what we are in our relationship. So what do you want to tell them? Like, we're not official, but you want to say that we're just dating each other in groups right now? Because that's all we're doing. And so that's what they labeled themselves, and that's awesome. And that worked out really, really great for them, actually, and they are now married. So it works, everybody. If you want to get married, communicate clearly, pursue with clarity. And speaking of being married, that leads me into my next point. Dating is not the destination. It is the vessel to the destination. Okay? Dating is not the destination. It is the vessel to the destination. Show of hands, who has had breakfast in bed? Okay, a few of us, a few of us. Okay, I'm going to step out on a ledge here. 
And I'm going to be bold. And I'm going to say, I'm going to be the first one in our generation to say, breakfast in bed is a bad idea. Okay? Has anyone? I'm serious, guys. I've tried it. You, some of you love breakfast in bed. I'm really like calling you out. Um, breakfast in bed, you're like, I'm like trying to put my back against the wall. I'm like sitting on my bed. I'm like sinking into it, right? So like my legs are like way more elevated than like they should be. I'm trying to hold a plate of pancakes. The syrup's like dripping on me. I have a black coffee in this hand. I'm trying to eat it. I'm getting black coffee and syrup all over my white duvet. I'm like, this is terrible. Like, this is not fun. This is actually anxiety inducing. I got stuff all over me. And some things, in my opinion, are not meant to be combined, okay? Breakfast and bed, not meant to be combined, right? Because your bed is fundamentally different than your dining room table. They're just not the same, right? And so on that train of thought, dating and marriage are fundamentally different, okay? They are not meant to be combined in this way, right? Dating and marriage are structurally different. Dating is a period of time where you evaluate someone for a lifetime of commitment, right? It's a period of time. Marriage is every single day waking up with the same person, washing dishes, paying taxes, like, right? Experiencing childbirth, putting your kids through college, paying, I mean, like, for 50 plus years, right? That is so different than dating. Dating is to get married. It was never meant to be permanent, okay? Dating isn't a position you stay in. It's a process that you move through, okay? Dating is not a position that you stay in. It is a process that you move through. And I know a lot of us believe that, and that's where a lot of paralysis happens because people say, yeah, I am dating to get married, and if dating is for married, marriage, then I should only date people who I can see myself marrying. But then you never you don't know who you're going to marry because you don't date people, right? You're kind of like in this paradox of like, I'm not going to date people until I know that they're my husband. But then you're like, I'm not, I don't know that I'm a husband because I can't date them, right? And so you spin your wheels a bit and almost say, okay, slow down. God's good. Uh, <clears throat> how do we decide who to date, okay? And I think we have this awesome saying uh, at our church. And if you've heard this, it, it, you probably heard it. Say, run after God as fast as you can. Who knows where I'm going with this, right? A few of us, okay. Run after God as fast as you can, and then look to the right and to the left. Whoever's running next to you, you should date that person, right? Super easy, super simplified, and I love that, actually. It means, like, pursue God with all you, all you got, and then you should be equally yoked with the person who's pursuing God with you. However, I have a lot of awesome young adults who are chasing after God with everything that they have, Right? And they're looking to the right and to the left, and they're seeing other young adults, and they're like, eh. Like, <laughs> right? They're like, I'm just not attracted to that person, you know? And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, you know, they don't have an attraction. And so I'm breaking all the rules here, but I'm going to augment that saying. I'm going to say, run after God with all that you have and look smoking while doing it, right? So, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Rob is going to fire me. <laughs> um, um, but really, how do, we come how do we become people who are wholeheartedly chasing after God, but also attractive to those who are running next to us, right? And so I want to talk about, according to the studies of psychology, so this is science, everybody, 
there are science. Uh, there are four main components of attraction, okay? So how do we become more attractive? There are four main components of attraction. Similarity, proximity, physical attractiveness, reciprocity. Let's talk about similarity. Uh, Studies say this, people tend to pick partners who are similar to themselves in characteristics such as age, religion, social class, personality, education, intelligence, and attitude. Uh, similarity, it says basically people are more likely to associate with people who are similar to themselves. And so in science, similarity is an important factor of attraction. And also that's backed up biblically with these scriptures, 2 Corinthians 6.14, do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Do not be misled, for bad company corrupts good character. Okay? And so there's this biblical value that sim similarity on purpose and on, on, in values is what you should pursue when looking to date someone and how you should be when trying to think about yourself. Like, I want to be running after God as fast as I can, and I want to be chasing after someone who has a similar life goal to me. When I first dated Chloe, um, I said to her, I'm at a whatever, wherever, whoever, whenever call of God. I said, you know, we might not always have money. We might not always have a home. We might not always be safe. But we will always, always, always chase after Jesus. And I said, are you in with that? And obviously she's sitting here, so she said yes. But what if she was like, Nah, man, I want that Gucci. And we're just like, I need that Bugatti. Like, what, what, I mean, like, I think it would be pretty different in our relationship if she was a money-seeking person, right? But rather, we connected on our same mission in life. And so you should look to date someone or be with someone with the same life mission as you. Because if we had separate missions, we're, I mean, we're going to have to either compromise or one of us is going to be really sad in life, right? And so that is just a very... I think this is one of the most important values when looking for someone to date, is someone with the same life mission as you. Next, proximity. People are more likely to become friends with people who are geographically close. One explanation for this is the mere exposure effect. The mere exposure effect refers to people's tendency to like novel stimuli more if they encounter them repeatedly. Guys, this is like gold. This is science gold right here. This is, if you see someone repeatedly, they are more likely to find you attractive, okay? So, follow me. With this logic, if you want to find someone of great godly character, then you should repeatedly go to the places that the people of great godly character go to, right? I.e., church, life group, right? Because if they see you more, they're going to find you more attractive. Is anyone following that? Yeah? Okay. I, I was uh, a while ago... My friends and I, we used to love to go country line dancing at this country line dancing bar. Come on, let's go. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's definitely a crazy place, but everyone there knew me as the Jesus-loving guy, right? Everyone knew that I had a huge heart for Jesus, and so, but it's definitely still a country line dancing bar, and we got to know a lot of the regulars there who would go, and, and one night, one of the regulars came up to me, and she was like, she was like, Hudson, you know, I just want to find a good, godly man. And I was aghast. I was like, what are you doing here? Like, why do you frequent this place so much? I was like, you, I literally said this to her. I was like, if you want to find a fish, you need to get out of the desert, girl. Like, go to church. Stop spending all your time here with all these people. Like, 
Go somewhere where you want to find this great godly man because you're not going to find him here. This is not the place to find the guy that you want to marry. And so spend time where people you would want to marry spend time. Like that is the whole premise of this. Spend time where people you want to marry spend time, okay? Next, physical attractiveness. Research shows that romantic attraction is primarily determined by physical attractiveness. In the early stages of dating, people are more attracted to partners whom they consider to be physically attractive. Men are more likely to value physical attractiveness uh, than are women. People's perception of their own physical attractiveness also plays a role in romantic love. The matching hypothesis proposes that people tend to pick partners who are about equal in level to attractiveness to themselves. So the matching hypothesis says, if you're 10, you're probably going to attract a 10, right? And all y'all are 10s out there, right? So <laughs> going to have a good-looking church. Uh, but I will say, God is a God of breakthrough and miracles. <laughs> and God provided me with a 10. Come on. And I'm nowhere near that caliber. Like, come on. I, it's way above my pay grade. So God can break through in science. Amen? Amen. Um, sorry. I'm being goofy up here. Uh, but let's be honest, everyone. Let's be critically honest. Not just normal honest, critically honest. Uh, there seems to be some sort of belief in Christendom uh, that if you just love Jesus hard enough, uh, just with all you got, you actually don't need to worry about your physical appearance. Uh, that's the belief, right? And I don't know what it is. I mean, some people are like saying, oh man, if I just love Jesus hard enough, I don't got to worry about any of this. I'm just going to release this Jesus pheromone that other Jesus-loving people are going to smell and, and come and find me attractive, right? And they just don't think about any of this. And I think you can do both. I think you can love Jesus with all that you have, and you can also pluck your unibrow. Like, I think there's space. For, I'm calling someone out. I am so sorry if I'm calling anyone out. Oh, my goodness. I mean, do it, but I'm sorry. <laughs> but, but truly, truly, the matching hypothesis says that if you put in 20% effort to this, you're going to attract someone who puts in 20% effort, right? Okay, so by that logic, if you want to attract someone who is physically attractive, you need to put in effort, okay? And if you've read the Bible... It says that your body is a temple. And they go into the scripture and, and they talk about all the riches. I mean, guys are coming from all over the world to bring riches to build this temple. It was no easy thing. There was massive effort that went into building of the temple. And so this is my pastoral admonishment to you all. Put in some effort. To be, <laughs> put in some, I mean, you guys are all beautiful. You don't have to, but tell your ugly cousin. Put in some effort <laughs> to building their temple. Uh, Go to the gym, eat healthy, right? Maybe buy a new outfit, whatever you need to do. But put in some effort because, and, and, oh, this is huge. Married people, don't stop putting in effort, okay? Married people, it's not a bait and switch at the altar where you're like, all right, hey, you marry me now, but tomorrow a dead bud, yeah. Like, no, married people, we still want to be attracted to our spouses, okay? So keep the effort going, and I'm not trying to endorse vanity. Vanity is about the heart, right? The heart position behind how you look physically. And the scripture actually, actually says that God, he doesn't really look at the physical appearance. That's just for your spouse. Uh, he looks at the heart, right? And so you want to continue to grow your heart in purity and don't do any of this out of uh, a, a bad place, but do it out of a place of giving, right? A place of, hey, I want to be a, a gift to the person who I'm going to be with, okay? Next, reciprocity. Uh, this one's super easy. People tend to like others who reciprocate their liking. So if you tell someone 
that they have a beautiful smile, they're gonna like you more. That's super easy science. Um, you have a higher chance, you have higher chances of reciprocated feelings if you first share your feelings. So if you go, hey, I like you, she's gonna be like, oh, kinda like you too. Uh, well, more likely. Um, we've, all, we've all failed at that one, right? <laughs> but uh, moving on, my next big point here is be a gift, okay? Be a gift. When I set out to date Chloe, I had to pause and I had to ask myself, I asked an honest question, am I someone that I would let my daughter date? I don't have a daughter, but if I did, would I let her date me? And there were times in life where that was a hard no. I'd be like, no way, you're not coming near my daughter, I'm going to shoot you with a shotgun or something, like if you walk up my stairs. Um, there was times in life where that was a hard no for me, but when I went to pursue Chloe, I had been working on myself for three years, uh, gaining close. I was been single for three years, uh, working on just my relationship with God, building disciplines, my FaceTime every single day, building a strong life of prayer, working on purity, doing all of those things. And by the time I started pursuing Chloe, I thought, you know what? I think I would be a gift to her. And that's not out of a boastful or arrogant sort of way. That's just, a, that's just factual. I think that with how God has really transformed my life, I think my gift in Chloe's life could be a, a blessing, right? I think that we could, I could be a blessing to her. And dating and marriage is really not about what you can get. It's about what you can give. And if you aren't in a place where your presence in the other person's life is a gift to them, then you're really not ready to date. And so how do you know that you're a gift? Well, you need to bring strength to these three aspects of their life, physical, emotional, and spiritual. Uh, physical. A gift is someone who can lead with strong physical boundaries. The scripture says, do not awaken love until it is ready. Uh, being physically intimate before you're committed to someone is really damaging to a person. It can be very damaging. And so that will break trust, right, in someone. You're basically saying, hey, we have these boundaries that we put in place, but I have no self-control, and I'm breaking these boundaries. And that broken trust will actually get you in marriage, because that broken trust comes back in marriage and says, hey, you didn't, you didn't uh, do what you said you were going to before, and so how do I know that you're going to do what you're going to say now when we're married, right? And so it also, uh, sexual intimacy releases dopamine, endorphins, and oxytocin in the brain. It tells your body, I like it, I need it, I want more of it. And so you become physically uh, addicted, per se, to the person that you might not be emotionally and mentally and spiritually uh, committed to. And so that makes breaking up actually so much more hard because maybe after two months you realize, I don't want, to be, I don't want this person to be my forever. Uh, and you try to break up with them, but you're going through these withdrawals of like, that's where the heartbreak and all the pain comes from when you engage physically before you're ready, before you're committed. And someone who's a gift is going to protect you from that. Someone who's a, who has a gift is going to realize that until there's a ring on your finger, they're not your, they might not be your forever person. And so they're going to protect your heart and your body, Okay. Spiritually or emotionally, as someone who has a gift will protect your heart emotionally. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Proverbs 4.23. Uh, not many th people think about this, but just as we have physical boundaries, we need to have emotional boundaries, okay? Now, emotional boundaries are huge. When Chloe and I uh, were first talking, she was living in Oklahoma. I was living in San Diego. But she kept on saying things to me like, when I moved to San Diego, right? When I moved to San Diego, which put a, a deposited a promise into my heart that, wow, we're going the long run, right? 
And so when we started dating, and then she dumped me after six days, I was like, wait a minute. I'm so confused, right? I thought you were going to move here. I thought we were forever, right? And so that was, like, really difficult for me, and that really caused a lot of pain. And so uh, I've created this emotional boundaries chart. Uh, if you could put up my emotional boundaries chart. This is good if you're taking notes. Uh, go ahead. This is time and commitment, right? So this is how committed you are to each other and how much time. This is emotional output. So for example, low commitment, hey, that was a great first date. Low emotional output, hey, I really like you. Great first date, really like, that's great. You want to be above this line here. This is the line I call the Chloe Bunchu line, okay? You want to be above the Chloe Bunchu line in this area. So, <laughs> um, but bad would be, hey, that was a great first date. I could really see myself marrying someone like you, right? That is bad, right? That creates, and so you got the good up here and the bad down here. You see that? You want to stay up here. I had a guy, I had a friend who bounced all over this line. He said, he said, hey, you have a beautiful smile. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. And he said, I would love for our kids to have that smile one day. I'm like, oh my gosh, bro. Like, <laughs> unbelievable, right? He'd say, oh man, like, he'd write a great little encouraging note, you know? Then he'd say, in the note, he'd say, God told me that you're my future wife. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, unbelievable. So stay above uh, the Chloe Bunchy line. Let's put it that way. Love you, baby. Um, <laughs> spiritual. Uh, someone who has a gift spiritually is going to uh, chase after Jesus with all that they have. And so are you spending time with Jesus? Are, are you a gift spiritually to someone? Are you spending time with Jesus? Uh, are you doing your FaceTime, all that kind of stuff? Something that Chloe and I love to do is the 1 Corinthians 13 evaluation. We just say, am I a spiritual gift? And we go through 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient, love is kind, that whole scripture. The scripture says that God is love, right? And if God is love and we want to be more like God, I want to be more like this. So I put my name in there and I say, is Hudson patient? Yeah, conviction already, right? <laughs> it's Hudson patient. Is Hudson kind? Is Hudson not envy? And I go through this whole thing and I put my name in there. And I know that this is difficult, guys, and I want to say that you don't have to have this perfect, right? Uh, but you do have to be faced in the right direction and running after it, okay? And we're being taught so many things in our culture these days from the media, uh, from TV shows, from movies, and all this kind of stuff. And we're learning from all of them. As we observe, we learn. It's just our nature. But you have to be really on guard from what you learn. So, for example, take someone who has influenced romance culture in the whole world, Taylor Swift, right? Great. She's written a bunch of great songs and undoubtedly influenced dating and romance in the world. However, she's, well, she's written over 150 songs, right? But she's had more than 17 failed relationships, and she's still not committed, right? And I don't think that's the role model that we want to have. And think about, here's some celebrity marriages and how soon they got divorced. And these are the people who have set the standard for us. Liam Hemsworth, Miley Cyrus, eight months. Bradley Cooper, Jennifer Esposito, four months. Kim Kardashian, Chris Humphreys, 72 days. Drew Barrymore and Jeremy Thomas, 19 days. Britney Spears and Jason Alexander, 55 hours. This is how soon they got divorced. I mean, honestly, guys, that's heartbreaking. That's heartbreaking because these are the people with all the fame, all the wealth, all the answers. When they do something on stage, people, generations follow it, right? But this not working, obviously. It's not fulfilling them, obviously, because true love comes from the Father. Okay? And I'm going to end with this. It's my final point. 
All of this is impossible without Jesus. All of this is impossible without Jesus. Jesus is the one who can breathe life and who will breathe life into your dating relationship. You can't be the gift that you could be. You can't be the gift to your spouse or to your partner without Jesus in your life, without Jesus leading you, going ahead of you, uh, and breathing healing and life into that relationship. You can't do any of this without Jesus. And so we're going to stand. Why don't we all stand together?